Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another Chopper Dive podcast. I am your host, Molly Moe. Uh, in here with the fellas, man, Dre, AJ in here. Dre, um, what's going on with you, player? How are you feeling today um, on this great Tuesday? Shit, man, it's a gloomy day outside. It feels like the whole commander season. That's what today feels <laughs> like. It's been raining all damn day, bro. I know, bro. Like, that shit is, like, really depressing. I just keep looking And it's a cold rain and it's windy. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But we ain't got one in a while. I guess that's why it's so gloomy. I'm like, man, can we get some sun? Like, golly. Did you have to walk your dog today? I mean, I don't know, like, how you do it. I don't know if you have, like, a yard or anything. That's why. No, so, I mean, I do got a yard. It's a fenced in yard, but it's too small for him. He ain't going to get nothing he needs just to go out there. So, we we usually, I let him get in the car and we'll go for a ride. But, like, I ain't had my car until the midday. It was in the shop today, so he was driving me crazy. That's another reason why oh, today man. was gloomy. Rainy and a... Pent up a energy dog in the house. Yeah, dog. It was it was crazy. <laughs> so y'all do um we're gonna get back to the show, but you do um when you take them for a ride, like you take them to like uh, a big ass uh park or something like that. Yeah, so we go to like different locations. It's always somewhere where he can go out where no one else is, and I could just let him run out in the field a thousand times. So when he come back home, he can just sleep for the rest of the day. <laughs> so that's usually right. what we do. That's what's up, man. At least bro, don't run yeah. away, bro. I'm I'm happy. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> He almost did. 
time, bro. I was scared as a bug. He ran in the woods, man. I left. I went home. I came back like two hours later. He came running out the woods. I was like, oh, man. oh damn, you was gone for two. He was gone for two yeah. hours. Yeah, he was gone because I kept calling. It was dark too. Like I had wolves. Everything was looking at me with yellow eyes. I'm looking. Oh my god, that was getting scared. But I couldn't leave him out there. So I came back out there. He came running to me. I was like, thank God. He Probably came happy back. as hell, wasn't he? Like, what's <laughs> yeah, up, bro? He, he was chasing a deer and he got lost in the woods. He couldn't find himself back. But he luckily found himself back and I got him back. But that was a scary day right there, bro. <laughs> and I tell you what, that dog would have stayed his ass right in the woods. <laughs> he don't almost cop, did. Don't cop me a new one. <laughs> hey, that's crazy, man. My man Monty ain't here checking in. Magic checking in. Monty City in the chat for the B Day, man. Happy birthday, bro. Happy brother. birthday, bro. Hey, you know drinks for Monty, man. Hey, yeah, man, drinks for Monty, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Pull up with the water. <laughs> go, go do something else for your birthday. <laughs> After you watch the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. man. We don't want to discourage you from doing that, man. After listen, after having to watch the commanders, they gotta hear about the recap from Sunday. Yeah. Woo, birthday right. ain't looking too right. blissful. Nah, he, I'm about to say Monty, man, Monty gonna be good. Yeah, he been he been doing this for what 20 years, bro. He all right, hey. bro. We all, been doing this for a long time. good lord. Um, okay, administrative items. Uh, no show Thursday. We're gonna be back on Friday. Um, we're gonna set the time. Matter of fact, yeah, we're gonna set the time. We ain't gotta do that on the show. We'll set the time on Friday. Uh, and, and go from there. Um, and then next week is no post game show at all on for the Dolphins game. I think that's all the administrative items. Um, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, audio side, man, appreciate everybody who's supporting and listening. If you haven't done so already, hit that follow button. Um, hit the, the, the rating and review if you have an opportunity to do so. Man, it's free. Take two seconds to do it, and we appreciate it. Um, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the goddamn show. Um, I don't know where to start. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, like I had this, the main thing. So I, I today, can help, I can help you out, Mo. Okay, all right. Where we at it? So a couple years ago, we had Daniel Snyder, you know, say Happy Thanksgiving, right? Do we think that Friday, when we do this show after Thursday's game against the Cowboys, is Ron Rivera still going to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders? That's what we starting with, bro. We starting with the we we starting with, with a, heavy a, a yeah job. yeah let's let's do it Black Friday let's let's all right let's go ahead and talk about it um he's gonna have a job I don't see him getting fired uh um I think the only way my mind would change is if it's an embarrassing loss um other than that they don't really have a reason to. Get rid of him right now. Um, I think there's two opportunities in season to make a change. It will be after the Dallas game, um, or it will be after the actual bye week. And I don't know. I think that's after the Dolphins. That's after the Dolphins game. Um, so I'm double checking now. Yeah, week 14. So it's after the Dolphins game. Um, I don't see anything. Like the only thing that can probably and, and that's I'm speaking on Ron specifically, but I think the only thing that you can probably look at uh is uh a staff member under Ron 
being let go. Um, if something like is is terrible, um, and then if they get blown out, then we have a different conversation. But I don't see anything changing right now. Um, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I'll leave it there, and we can continue. Dre, what you think? Yeah, I was gonna say initially. You know, obviously last week I thought that he could get fired after this week, but then after listening to Ron's presser, I mean, not not just him. I thought maybe if if anything. He would do the firing of someone on his staff because it's still kind of hard for me to see Josh Harris stepping in and fire Ron. So I thought if any firing would happen, it would be Ron, you know, kind of, I guess, call himself, call himself giving a joke to his team by firing someone on the staff, kind of like what Mike Tomlin did uh, today with his offensive coordinator. But then after Ron's presser last week, I realized that wasn't going to happen because, you know, he said, obviously, oh, I, I don't see any reason to do that. And I'm thinking, OK, there must be an agreement in place right now for him to just finish this season out. And he's gone after this year. I think he knows he's gone. I think if he thought he had any kind of chance of coming back, he would have probably made some kind of firing. But I think he's waving the white flag now at this point. And he's just like, all right, I'm just going to ride this one out. And he's lucky again that Josh Harris doesn't want to make a rash move because, you know, any other situation, Ron is a head coach, he's fired. But he's in a unique situation where the owner comes in and he got, you know, a ton of other things on his plate. And I also kind of think, I mean, this is just me thinking here that Josh Harris is embracing the tank. And what better way to tank than just leave it as is right now? You know, why would Josh Harris want to give a joke if he wants to give his next regime the best possible draft pick is, you know, that he can get by leaving everything in place. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Todd, bro. Um, he don't, he not on the YouTube side, but Todd, <laughs> let me bring up his text message, bro. Cause Todd said, um, uh, where is he at? Boom. Here we go. He was like foreign. He was like four and third. We were having a conversation and he, and he ends it with like, um, why hasn't, Del Rio been fired yet. It's 3 p.m. and he still has a job. This is yesterday. And I said, I told him, like, same thing I told y'all. Nothing will happen before the mini bye week. He said the Raiders did it and, and Buffalo did too. Had to remind him, like, their circumstances is completely different. Um, so he said, uh, 4 and 13, here we come. And he's like, maybe it's for the best, I guess. But the whole reason to bring up that conversation, to your point, Dre. They can try to win every single game that they have left on their schedule and still finish four and thirteen. Like there is no such thing as a tank when your team is just this this not 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 good at all. Like it's and and the and the thing is like I don't mean to say it in the sense of like from a player standpoint, like the whole thing from top bottom top down, like it's just so many other things going on that really hurts these guys. Like I think about, um, and and this is where I guess one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about today was Ron Rivera. Um, he had his presser on, I think it was yesterday, right? So I guess I'll show it, and I'll show this clip, and I want to kind of dive into this part as 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 much as um, you know, what he's been able to do here with this team. But this was Ron yesterday uh, when he's talking about the the word culture. And it really struck my like my my critical thinking process with this guy. And I'll go ahead and play it for everybody. Um, can we hear this? We can hear this. The word culture yep. a, a few okay. times over the last couple of weeks. And I think there's a disconnect with the fan base of they think of culture 
based on winning, winning in, in, can you kind of explain that of like, what, how do you define a good culture? Okay. And again, this is how I look at it. Yeah. Okay. And that is guys learn to do things the right way. Okay. And then they go out and do it. And that's what we're trying to work on. That's what we're trying to get across. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go ahead and get it to the point where we can be consistent with everything we do. Are there some things that are missing right now? Yes. But we're working to get those things corrected. We're working to get those things right. At the end of the day, it, it, it's, it's about what happens each day and then forward. So what happens today, okay, will be judged on. What happens tomorrow will be judged on. Um, I have, I have my thoughts that I want to talk about, but I'll give the floor to you all. Um, what do you all – I mean, we know Ron, uh, you know, even shout out to Jay, who's always in the chat saying, Brett, stop listening to Ron. The fact of the matter is he gonna he gonna talk and i just think that it's it's very i love the idea of like peeling back the layers of of like coaches or even like figures that that's involved in like you know people i pay attention to i have thoughts on that that quote that he gave um do you all have anything about like how he shared his vision of the culture uh, I don't necessarily have anything to say about how he shared his vision of the culture, because honestly, I think any question on that, Ron, is just going to feed you some version that he thinks is going to sound good for him, you know, however you want to perceive it. But I love the fact that Scott Abram is the one to ask these questions. He always asks the tough questions like Scott Abraham is not letting Ron off the hook because Scott asks him every week some tough question. I think now Scott is at the point where he's like, all right, well. Let's see what Ron says about the culture, because this is the thing Ron's falling back on at this point. You know what I mean? Like, first, it was the quarterback. Remember, we talked about this. I said, if Ron gets asked a tough question this week, he can't revert back to the quarterback question just because Sam had a rough game. Not, not to say Sam isn't a franchise quarterback or can't be, but it just wouldn't be the right week for Ron to bring that up. So now he brings up Ron's other little gem that he likes to talk about and he's responsible for, and that's the culture. And you're looking at this team, you're losing to a Giants team two games swept. Actually, two years in a row you haven't beat the Giants. In years you should have beat at least one time in those games. So how is the culture good, you know, at this point? You know, that's why I say I don't really put too much credence into his answer because Ron's just going to fluff it up to make himself sound good. But Scott is on point asking that because, to me, you're still not doing anything the right way if you're losing games like this when you have to win and must win seasons, must win games. You consistently come out and you consistently lead eggs in these type of games. And to me, that doesn't signal that the culture is good. The culture is still some shit if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've touched on this culture thing several times in the years that we've been doing the show together. And I always used to see people, especially on Twitter, saying the culture is good. I'm like, you're still losing. You're still inconsistent. Like, what culture are we talking about? Like, if, if that's the idea of a great culture, then damn. Like, what is, what is the Baltimore Ravens? Like, are they beyond the word culture? I don't even know. Like, what, what other word is there to exemplify being a consistent franchise that wins games and doesn't have like hoopla going off, uh, going on off the field with their players within their dynamics of their office, uh, office overall. Cause even if you, even if you take away Daniel Snyder from the situation, Ron Rivera brought in someone that got investigated by the DEA, got them rated in, in the trainer, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Vermillion. 
Yeah, Vermilion. So it's like, bro, you brought that into the culture <laughs> of the organization. Like, DAA ain't never been in there while Snyder was, was, was doing anything before you came into play. So when you see that happening, you keep losing games. You keep having these type of presses. You keep having embarrassing losses. And especially at home, like your, your home field isn't even necessarily a home field. Uh, then on top of that, you're calling out players for celebrating on the field. Like, what culture are you really saying that you have? Because you're you're BSing people thinking that you could just say key words as quarterback or culture and that people are just supposed to take to that. So I do appreciate the Scott Abrahams of the world asking those type of questions because at the end of the day, they've allowed him to use the word culture and just flutter it around as if he's done something like, bro, you can't even cry. You can't even cry on this hill. You getting paid 8 million a year to be ass. You've been getting paid like a top tier NFL head coach to be ass. You are paid to deal with anything that comes with that. And when you took the job, you knew that Daniel Snyder wasn't no clean cut cat. Like you knew what was going on in Washington. So, for anyone to have any type of sympathy, empathy for you is 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 asinine because you knew what you were doing when you took the job and you still haven't done a good job. You're still talking about future development. We're in year four. Like, how long do you think you have this job for until you die? Like, buddy, it's over with. Wrap it up. <laughs> hey, Brad. So never forget. <laughs> I was thinking about this for I don't even remember. Look, never forget that they banned, they tried to ban Scott Abraham because he asked some hard questions to Carson Wentz, bro. Like they banned him from the park because he asked some tough questions about Carson Wentz. They wanted to, they wanted to to protect that man, that protect that baby, that man child from the media and tough questions. And and Scott Abraham was the scapegoat. And also, never forget. If you're listening to this or watching this, never forget if you were some of the people online defending Jason Wright for doing what he did, y'all are some fools too. Like, ain't no way in hell. Ain't ain't no way in hell you should have thought that that was the right thing to do. Because if you sit here congratulating on the same page with us, congratulating Scott Abraham for asking these tough questions, uh, never forget what you felt like when when Carson Wentz <laughs> was protected by Jason Wright, who has nothing to do with the football side of anything. Um but here's what I have to say, man. Um, I, I I think for 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 that question and in his response, right? Um, he said he wants people like culture is is people doing things the right way. Um, and my thing is, it was always like, all right, cool. You want people to do things the right way, right? Dre, AJ. Even if that was like his genuine answer, and we go down that lane, when do you look at the right way and like think about how do you even know if what you're preaching or what you're coaching is the right way? At what point do you realize or even take into account, like, all right, we keep running into the same problems every single season? You say you want people to do things the right way. That is the definition of culture. All right. Do you think that there's something uh, critically wrong with the way that you are trying to implement your culture or or establish your culture? Like, how do you know that your right your right way 
is uh is wrong or or how how how, how can you how can you solidify it like the there is evidence out here and you mentioned the celebration things right aj you sent this a post the other day where ben ben uh ben St. juice was talking about how he thinks um he, he inserted his opinion on what they're doing and what he thinks could help the team and, and he said that in the media like they're sticking to their guns and 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 even if you said a stat like where is the self-awareness to to even think about um what that right way is secondly if you felt like culture is doing things the right way why don't you explain it like what was what is the right way you don't even you just said you just said something and didn't even like expound on it like you thought that people were going to say oh okay i get it like it's, it's not really about you you're not saying it's about winning you just want people to do things the right way and, and that should translate to winning no nah, like you don't even like there's if there's no explanation and very vague answers i think that while scott um, and, and I didn't listen to the full pressure and I'm also not even criticizing, right? Like Scott did a good job bringing this up, but I think if, if you don't press him even further and you get down to the bottom of like the, the vague, um, answers or responses, like what is the right way? What does that look like? But also why haven't you thought about the way you do things and see if you need to tweak things a little bit and adapt to the, to the to the roster that you have, and that's where I'm like, okay, his answer we already know is fluff. But even if it wasn't fluff, why not press him on the things that you're not buying? Like, don't just sit here and think that you're satisfied with that one answer. Like, dig into it, and that's that's kind of where I was like, man, this this answer and this response really stood out to me. Um, and, and granted, we may not you know, see Ron much longer, but I also think that at the end of the day, when you look at a coach like this, who gives these responses, um, it's incredible that he even slipped out of this one. Like he slipped out of this and, and nobody even thought, thought twice to ask him what is the right way. I think Scott likes to, especially I, I noticed with Scott, he likes to present the questions and he likes to let you kind of, I, I mean, I'm just insinuating, but I, I feel like he likes to let you hang yourself in a sense because Ron is a snake oil salesman. I'm starting to realize that now, like Ron is selling a lot of snake oil. You know, when he's, when he talks, he wants you to believe what he's saying. And then he gets testy and defensive with you when you, you know, have an ounce of disbelief or an ounce of questioning to him. It's like, believe what I'm telling you. And I'm telling you this and that's it and you shouldn't question any further but i agree scott should have probably followed up with a little bit more because ron was selling us snake oil like you said what does it mean to not do things the right way like to, to, or, to, or, or what does it mean in your opinion to do things the right way like kind of ex expound on it tell us what that means but he can't you know he just gave that word but see like i said with scott he likes to let you kind of hang yourself and he gives it to us you know, like we're doing, we're discussing, we, we're seeing it, you know, but I, I don't think he wanted to press too further because I know Scott thinks he probably gets in trouble, <laughs> you know, because he's already mm -hmm. been in trouble with the franchise in the past. Hey, baby, so he, yeah, and I, I feel like he'd be, a, he's a little passive aggressive with it, but at the same time, he's getting his point across, you know, and we see Ron now, I think a lot of us start to see him now for what he is. And like I said, I look at him now as a snake oil salesman. I don't think he's a bad person in a sense. No, I, I I don't think that at all. I just think that he'll do and say whatever he can to kind of make himself look better in any light. Like Ron doesn't, he, he, he dodges accountability a lot. 
Like he doesn't want you to believe that he hasn't built a good roster. He doesn't want to leave here with you all believing that he hasn't changed the culture around here. You know, he he wants you know that whole arrogant ass. And this is when I really started to kind of get annoyed, really annoyed with Ron. Mail me my Super Bowl ring. You know, if 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 the, if they go out and win, and you know Sam's the franchise quarterback, and I'm not here, mail me my Super Bowl ring. So to me, like I said, he's never going to take accountability, even if you you know his his this season plays out the way it's going to play out with the Commanders being disappointing, he gets fired. He's still going to walk walk away from here, hoping that people think, well, Ron still did a good job. It just you know things were out of his circumstances. No, we don't believe that anymore. I'm sorry, Ron. I wonder so if you're going to start linking stuff out, leaking <laughs> stuff out to his. Oh, to he his will. Oh, he's he's going to do radio once tours. He fired, once he gets fired, <laughs> he's going to be on Radio Road come Super Bowl. You're yep. going to start hearing a bunch of things of his his relationship <laughs> with Dan Snyder and his tenureship here. All those things are going to happen. He might even write a book like at, at some point. Like that's just that's just the next chapter of Ron Rivera, aka Donald Trump. Like he's the Donald Trump of the NFL, bro. Like he deflects from himself so much. Like it's insane. Like what really pissed me off today was bringing up. You there, AJ? That boy done froze. Um, boy, that's that's Speed terrible time. <laughs> that's terrible timing. Um, what did he? What did he say today? I didn't see the presser today, so I. I oh, he spoke. Um, let me go. Let me look. Um, Ron Rivera pressure. You can't let your mind wander. You can't lose focus of the task. But that was yesterday. I don't know what he said today, so I guess we're gonna have to wait on AJ. Um, I wonder if it has something to do with the celebrating thing that he was about to bring up. Um, we'll worry about that when when AJ when AJ gets back. Why did my power just blink? Okay. Um, so it gotta be the storm out. It gotta be the storm out there, bro. I mean, yeah, it's raining hard, bro. So you might have some power issues, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on right now. Um, okay. They say AJ so, got shadow banned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny as hell, bro. <laughs> that's funny as hell. Um, okay. So while we wait on AJ to get back in, um, what do you what are your your final takeaways from the game? On I know it's a whole completely different subject, but uh, we can dive into it a little bit while we wait on AJ. Um, I, I give you the floor. What do you what do you think about just just that performance? As matter of fact, it's seven. Well, we can talk about it for a second. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I mean. I'll be brief because it's not much that changed since Sunday. I mean, it was just a completely bad performance. And to me, it was a microcosm of what this tenure for Ron has been. We, we, you know, we've had these games where we're like, oh, okay, well, you can't come in and you lose this game. And then you come out and you lay an egg. They've actually done that three times this season now. I mean, there was the Bears game. Then it was the first Giants game. And then third strike is the last Giants game. Like, I mean, as bad as the Giants are this season, you didn't look prepared against them either time. You were out coached on both sides of the ball in both games. You know, so as there was no no, and as I said on Sunday, no one could kind of dodge 
what happened. Like you can't absolve anybody from the mess that happened, but it always starts to me at the top. That's your coaches never had these guys ready to run through a wall in these type of games. And that's very frustrating to watch whether you, you know, regardless of how you feel about this coaching staff, about this team, about where, where they're headed this season, you still hate to see them not be prepared because it's just what we're, we're familiar with this. We're always seeing this with this team. You know, I mean, that's why I've been just over this era. I'm like, man, I'm just ready to get this shit over with because I'm ready for a fresh start. You know, I mean, I know, you know, this predates Ron and all of this, but I just feel like with the Josh Harris era in here, I'm ready to see how he molds this team, how he crafts this team, because we got to change the we got to change the narrative surrounding this franchise. And it's going to be a stench. Even after Ron and them are gone, it's still going to be that stench there that like, man, the commanders are just known for this or the commanders are known for that. But we, we have to start rebuilding rivalries. We got to re- rebuild a lot under the Josh Harris uh, era. But that game on Sunday was just a microcosm of what we've seen from this franchise. I mean, not just in the Ron era. I mean, just pretty much all of the eras where guys are just not prepared to play. And it was just really frustrating to watch, man, because that Giants team was just not good, man. I mean, you're starting Tommy DeVito. He's third-string quarterback. And I don't think he's a complete bum or anything, but he's a guy – I mean – Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders just went out there and beat them 30 to 6 the other day. You know, Aiden O'Connell, he's, you know, damn near rookie. I, I forget if he was even drafted or not. I watched him play at Purdue, but he went out there and they beat the Giants pretty convincingly. Yet, and the Raiders aren't even a good team. Without Aiden O'Connell, even if Jimmy Garoppolo starting, the Raiders aren't a good team. But for some reason, we play against the Giants and we go out, we lay down, we lay an egg. So that's the type of stuff. It's just frustrating to watch those games because they dominate us from start to finish in both games. So, you know, that's, that's you, it. I'm real You know what needs to change, Dre? The What's culture. <laughs> so, yes, yes. The, the yes. irony. But before I got cut off, what I was saying was like, you know, throwing guys under the bus for celebrating plays. Like, bro, these these guys sacrificed a lot to get on the field on Sundays. To be so what was the quote like, with that, AJ? Because I, I didn't see that. What, what was that? Man, essentially he was saying, like, just to paraphrase it, he was essentially saying, you know, something about, like, uh, guys, sell, it'd be different, I think, if guys were celebrating, like, 70-yard run touchdowns or something like that or some, something of that nature. He was like, guys are celebrating uh, basic plays, in a sense, or something along those lines. I don't know. I wish I had the quote. Maybe Maul could, could pull it up, but pretty much he was throwing he was throwing anybody under the bus that celebrates. But we know particularly those guys that have been celebrating on the defensive side uh, when they make a play has been Ben St. Juice with his with his uh his uh key celebration that he does like he's locking he's locking the safe. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes he kind of been doing the same thing. Oh, as, I got as it. Ben with it, I let uh, Maul read the. So, so he says on what he's learning, um, for what he's what he's learning, in for in ter- somebody messed the quote up in terms of that maturity. Uh, he said consistency, consistency, then understanding what's important to me is not about you make a play and you celebrate that play. If it's something that that's dynamic and huge and big, yes, you know, a seventy yard touchdown run, um, a huge interception. So understanding the difference between that, I think, is big. I really do. Because it's about staying focused and being focused each and every time. And that, to me, is where consistency comes. You can't let your mind wander. You can't let your focus on what the task is. You can't lose focus on what your ta- on what the task is. It's not to win the play. It's to win the game. 
Um, and that is what he said yes yesterday. Yeah, so I mean, I have an issue with that. Like, you don't throw your guys under the bus in the media. You feel me? If you got an issue with that, you bring it up to them privately. But you know, Ben's been doing this since he got into the league. Um, guys have always been celebrating on both sides of the ball, whether they get a first down, <laughs> whether they break up a play, whatever the case is. And this is just today's football. You feel me? Like everyone is celebrating. W- what's the issue with that? Like that's what I'm just like. I don't know if Buddy is just bored or whatever the case is, but yeah, you gotta take a strong look. If I I, I feel confident that they're gonna get embarrassed on Thanksgiving, right? You definitely have to make a move. Like you're not even doing this to 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 say that you could win games. You cannot let Ron Rivera come back to FedEx Field and coach his team against the Miami Dolphins. Because it's going to be ugly in that stadium for whoever decides to show up that is a Washington Commanders fan. Because we know they're going to lose. They're going to get their ass whooped. They're not stopping the run. They're not stopping the pass. Nothing that game. Like, Tyreek Hill might go for 300 receiving yards, bro. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, it's, it doesn't make sense. Like, I, I feel like, like, everybody celebrate, but, like, what's to say, uh, like, Ben said he gets not celebrating basic stuff, um, but I, but I'm like, I feel like you can celebrate a play and still be locked in for the very next play. Like, there's nothing to say that they're going to lose focus because they're happy on the previous play. Um, You still got to go back to the huddle. You still got to get the next play call. You still got to lock in. You still got to read the formation. You still got to diagnose. You still got to remember your your keys. Like, you still got to know all these other things. Um, And, and like, you don't forget that because you celebrated making a stop. Um, So, I don't know, man. It's, it's, It's different, bro. Um, but let's go ahead and let's, let's push forward. Uh, that's enough of Rivera in a sense, um, offensively against that, the Giants matchup, Dre, I, I had asked, I'm, I'm going to be quick with mine cause we can go ahead and get to the Dallas. Uh, but I think what I'm starting to see, um, at least up front, uh, I, I don't like, I don't even know if Dallas needs to do this, but like, the interior is getting picked on in a whole different way now. Like they were light up front, right? Especially with Nick Gates, you can pressure the A gaps in that manner. Like just straight bull them. You can you can just like it's going to be hard for them to anchor, and you can just pull like push him back into the quarterback. Um, and and like sure he was tough, but he wasn't strong enough. Like tough and strong is one thing, but um, Nick Gates was you know he he's right there to to defend Sam Howell if something happened to him. Um, or even another player that that he felt was wronged, uh, but you know Tyler Larson, you know he he does a solid job, right? But you know he gets set up with some quickness. Like Dexter Lawrence had a day. Shout out to Wink Martindale, Dexter Lawrence, and Kayvon Thibodeau who wrecked the game up front, right? Um, uh, from a coordinator standpoint, like Wink Martindale switched things up to the standpoint of like I'm going to. I know you're expecting man coverage, single high safeties, no safeties up up top, uh, like cover zero looks. Uh, and and like when I when I when I show blitz, I'm gonna send it, things like that. 
and Wink pulled up this game and said, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you pressure, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and drop my men back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up on you and I'm gonna make things a little bit difficult in terms of like your 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 keys, your pre-snap reads, or even your protection calls. Um, and we're gonna overload a side or we're gonna run these long line games up front, like these long development line games or these uh these twist games using Dexter Lawrence as the uh the crasher, right? Where you can make moves off the uh off of him as a looper, um, like all these other things. And I think uh for Washington up front, um, again, I don't think Dallas has a Dexter Lawrence, so they may not need to do anything to the extent in which New York did, but um Chris Paul, man, he's struggling a lot picking up these stunts. Um his his mental his mental is like his play speed isn't there. Uh it's still slow. Um and 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 that really hurts because like you're late on like your eyes aren't where they where they need to be. Like when you see something as an offensive lineman, like you see a, a person crashing and like initially like you should be looking for a looper. And 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 Chris Ball, Chris Paul stays engaged with the person that he's like one on one against instead of passing like your that lineman that defensive lineman off and picking up that looper or even like the same thing on the other side like you just aren't you really your eyes aren't really where they're supposed to be and for that center guard left guard relationship or even left guard to left tackle relationship I think the the common denominator is Chris Paul and they're attacking the shit out of him um especially the Giants did. And that ultimately really caused havoc up front with some of the free rushers. Um, and, and that really hurt uh, Washington in some instances. Uh, obviously, you know, Sam Howell had one of his worst days uh, on the season. And I don't think uh, he anticipated that. <laughs> uh, and it's crazy because the offense put up 400 yards. Uh, they was really balanced. I like the fact that they were balanced in terms of what they can do with Brian Robinson. Um, nobody can ever say that Brian Robinson doesn't put forth a a solid effort every single week. Like he finishes runs. Like I never seen a dude who is getting three, four yards on a run. And like his legs is churning until his, until that whistle is blown. Like he runs hard and, and like he popped off against the giants in the sense of like, I I'm going to show, I'm going to, I'm going to run through you. I'm going to run around you. Uh, and then I'm going to make some shake. I'm going to create. And he, and he had all three of those different types of runs against the giants. I mean, even in the past game, like he made plays too. Um, but I think for, for that short, cause I could have, I could have gone for 40 minutes with this team. Um, I, I think those were some, some things that, that are my observations for the future. Like that interior, it, it has a new struggle and I think it's going to be exploited as the weeks move along. Ma, Ma, let me ask you this. Um, cause I know since they replaced Nick Gates with Tyler Lawson in the middle as center, do you think it's an option that they could move Nick Gates to left guard? I mean, I know he's played guard in the Giants, but would he be a better option than guard than Chris Paul right now? Oh, that's a like Chris is still strong. Like he's a strong guy. Like once he's engaged, he can really he can do a solid job. I wouldn't say like he's really he's like he's not excellent, but he like once he's engaged, like he can he can hem you up. He has the grip strength to keep like to lock you in. So like. I know that they like they like that, but like the struggles of a young late round draft pick um, who's starting to see consistent time, I think that's the ups and downs. And I don't know if that's good, but at the same time, when you have a, a stout interior in terms of your your frame, right, 
like moving, taking Chris Paul out for Nick Gates, you probably gonna have some of the same issues that you had when he was at center, if that makes sense. Um, so like from a frame perspective, like they just gonna put their they're gonna find a way to get a matchup on Nick Gates and like hey, I hope if you can stand tall, respect to you, but we're gonna send, we're gonna send, we're gonna have this matchup all day. So you better be ready, type shit. Chris Paul can hold his own um uh, from that perspective. So uh, I think that the the intent was to really use a big body in the interior or have big bodies in the interior. So um, it's a solid idea, but I don't think they're going. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they want those problems. I don't think they want those problems. Yeah, I was just wondering because I know he, you know, that's one of their free agent acquisitions. You know, one of the few acquisitions they made this offseason. And, you know, since he got benched by Tyler Lawson, I thought maybe they will move him to guard. But obviously you did have Chris Paul, your draft pick from last year there. But as you mentioned, he's struggling big time. And, you know, it's kind of hurting offense in a sense, an offense that has been looking decent in recent weeks. But once the offensive line starts failing the way it is, it's kind of hard to, you know, evaluate the rest of the guys if that's the case. Yeah. Oh, AJ, go ahead. I, I saw you. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad idea. You probably want, like, someone to have a nasty streak within that offensive line group. Uh, I feel like that's the best thing that Gates brings to the table, um, especially if you're going to be going against teams that are going to be hunting going forward for the rest of the schedule. Uh, you, you possibly could use that, you know, when you're going against a – Micah Parsons, uh, Aaron Donald, Quentin Williams, um, <laughs> Nick Bosa, Chase Young that remain on the uh, rest of your schedule, you could probably use that person to have that nasty streak in, and, and get guys energized. But uh, like you said, Maul, um, we, we've been seeing in the games, like teams are attacking them in different ways um, due to the fact that these guys aren't picking up these stunts as well in the communication and passing over of defenders to one another. So, uh, I mean, I've seen it before. I didn't even look at any tape uh, of the game Sunday, but just live in that moment, you could see Wink Martindale's focus was, okay, I don't necessarily have to bring six. <laughs> I could bring four and just mm-hmm. confuse them straight off the line with, with just the fact of doing stunts. They don't know how to pass it over. Like, the communication isn't there. It just doesn't exist, and that's a key thing when you have these type of elements when you're just putting guys in the lineups. They don't have that rapport with each other to even be able to to do those things. Like, it takes time, and unfortunately, you got a guy in Larson who, if I'm not mistaken, was injured last year, didn't really get to play. Paul didn't play last year until the last game. Uh, then he ends up playing a lot and was well, starting at that position a lot of the – OTAs, mini camps, and even some of the training camp, and then they move them out the lineup for Sadiq. It's like no one has ever really been able to build a rapport as a true unit. So why not play with their minds and their heads? Because we know they're not. We know they're not picking it up. It's showing on tape each and every week uh, since they made the move uh, due to injuries. Hey, we just gonna attack them that way, and that's exactly what's gonna happen Thursday against the Cowboys, you see Michael Parsons line up everywhere on that damn field, and they love putting him at guard. You don't think that boy – that man, Michael Parsons is going to have four sacks. I was going to say that when Maul was mentioning um, about they don't really have a guy that can attack in the middle. I was like, damn, the Parsons, they can put him in the middle, can't they? No, no, I was, I was saying I don't I don't see them, like, having the need to do it. Like, I think that they can yeah. win up front, like, with – Well, that's those, true, too. 
with their like their natural alignments. But I'm not. Nah, I don't think y'all wrong. They yeah. they move they move Michael around, so you're not wrong. <laughs> the same way they use Kayvon. It's crazy though. Like yeah, and, and and it's so frustrating. Like thinking about our defense when Chase Young was here and Montez over here, bro. They played literally at the same spot every single snap, bro. Like Chase and, and Montez are on the left and right side, respect, respectively. Five techs, or even wider in a seven tech, but you you never saw them at a three. You never saw them at a nose, like on the over top of the center. You never saw them over top of the guard or in between the guard center. Like you never saw them give a different give the offense a different look. And to see these guys, Kayvon, um, and 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 Micah, and and Chase is doing it in San Fran, like. It's incredible, like how they how they how they use these guys over here, bro. And I don't know, man. It's, that's that's another frustrating thing when you think about this. Vanilla, we we're yeah. vanilla. <laughs> like we run yeah. a preseason vanilla. Get the ice cream, every, Get yes. the ice cream going, bro. Let's find his office. We got we got <laughs> the only. This the only reason we need Dan Snyder back is to deliver <laughs> a tub of vanilla ice cream to Jack Del Rio's office. Cold, cold stone. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, do we need to say anything about the defense? Now that I think about it, um, I, I mean nine sacks. I was talking to Anthony Armstrong on on the podcast. Uh, believe in Commanders. Um, I don't think he's wrong when he like nine sacks. You can't, you can't. It, Giants offense ain't good in terms of their offensive line or even Devito in terms of how he's navigating pressure. But in the day, nine sacks is nine sacks. Got to get a defensive line credit for that. Um and and KJ Henry, from what I understood, I haven't really went through the whole defensive side yet, but KJ Henry had him a solid day. Um, obviously we know Payne and, and Allen and and Mayo eight, and it's it's so crazy to see what do we say? The fact that they they sent blitzes his way. I'm like, of course, of course, Jack sends is going to send blitzes his way, bro. Like he only does it for Desmond Ritter and, and a goddamn Tommy DeVito. Like he don't give a he don't give a Bad damn about anybody else. <laughs> the only quarterbacks he gonna, do that to. <laughs> but we're gonna bless them. Um, but yeah, I, I think like several lapses in the the secondary, whether it's like miscommunication, which is obvious, um, taking the wrong assignment, and then figuring out once the the person that somebody was supposed to take is wide open on the sideline and and Slayton. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you how you don't like how do you Ben said Ben said it best, simplify the coverage. Um, but he's just one person speaking to the media. Who knows if, if Jack says, you know what, I, I agree. I don't yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> damn sure don't agree. That's why they keep doing the same damn thing. Like yeah. that that's why it was funny. Weeks ago, when they did the do your job thing, it's like you guys also need to do your job and put guys in the best position to win, man. Like, simplify it. We, I, I questioned this when we were hearing things, and I think we had John Kimer on around that time when they were putting Emmanuel Forbes in at the slot. Like, you didn't draft him to be a slot corner, like, you drafted that man to be on the boundary and to help create plays. When you take a rookie like that who's just trying to get adjusted to the game and the speed of it and the nuances of being an NFL player, the responsibilities on and off the field, to then move them to do something that they didn't even do at a previous stop, it's like you now put in my brain in overdrive. You're now asking me to do something completely different than what I'm accustomed to doing 
my entire life and what I've been doing in the collegiate ranks, whatever. If you wanted a guy that was versatile on that level, then you go move up and get a Devin Weatherspoon. You feel me? <laughs> like, that's why it's just confusing to me. Like, when the coaches say do your job, when they're not even doing their job and putting guys in the right position and helping to simplify things. But see, AJ, that, that goes back to, like, the roster construction, too. And that's the the issue because Ron Rivera has been charged of the roster construction since he's got here. So they, they're building a roster of guys they don't even know how to use in a sense. I mean, we have three boundary corners in Ben St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, and um, Emmanuel Forbes. So they're forcing one of those guys to play the position in a sense. I mean, it's kind of like how we've been trotting out two strong safeties at free, well, you know, at, at both safety spots every year. You know, you you had for years didn't even have a natural free safety. You know, it's, it's the roster construction of this team, and we're starting to realize that, you know, I think a lot of us may have been fooled, and we kind of thought, man, oh, this roster isn't bad. This roster is good because even with the tough schedules, they were eking out seven to eight wins and getting close to a playoff spot. We were just looking at it to say, oh, we're just not. Uh, we just don't have the quarterback, but we had everything else to win. But no, now we're starting to see that this roster has just been really poorly constructed all over the board. I mean, especially on the defense. Like, I mean, you have a defensive line, but after that, you you never address the linebacker position. You never fix that. Secondary has just holes on top of holes on top of holes. So, and then, like I said, you're forcing guys to play certain spots. They don't need to play certain spots. So that's, that's just one of the things you're just not going to fix as long as this crew is here. So we just have to hope and pray that this yeah, is Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's no there's no plan. Like, Dre, you a draft guy. Like, I'm heavily involved in the in the process and, you know, pay attention to what they're doing. And I, over the years of when I'm being here, I have no clue what the damn plan is. Every time there's a draft with the team, I'm like, I have no clue. Like, for example, when we, when we did the live broadcast at FedEx Field, I had no clue that Jihad Dotson was going to be – <laughs> possibly to pick there for them to move back and go none to of us did it was like <laughs> what what are they doing here or the second round you take for darian mathis like what what is the plan here then this year you take forbes then you take Quan martin and it's like Quan hasn't even played in the slot not one time yet like i'm i just don't know what the plan is and it's it's so weird and even now like people like oh let's bring someone from the 49ers Front office. Martin Mayhew is from the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> he was director of player personnel. The same job that like Adam Peters holds right now that people are like tweeting, let's bring him in as GM. Like this is someone from a winning organization with the right culture. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like I don't really know what's happening, man. But um, yeah, we just waited for that moment. To when you know it's on the it's on the ticker on ESPN, and then we go through the process of figuring out who's going to be the GM. That's the most important hire, um, the most important thing that can happen this offseason, aside from the firing of, of Ron, is who is going to be the person calling the shots because that doesn't even necessarily guarantee you success there. It you doesn't. Got to hope that they that they hit on the right person that understands that they have full control and full vision and they could set themselves up for a legacy such as the Charlie Castellis, the Bobby Bethards within the Washington DC metropolitan area and this organization. So um, let's go ahead before we close out, do this Dallas thing, man. Uh, first and foremost, the main thing 
the most important thing is the parameters for the how jersey giveaway um we have not forgot we always said that we were going to do this for we're going to spend spend the block for uh the, the the thanksgiving day uh game for sam um since he he had a solid game against seattle but he didn't reach the numbers let's go ahead and set these parameters for for the the jersey giveaway um what are we going to do are we are we are we, so are we what's the What's the expectation? Do we need to win? Do we need to win? Hey, don't. If you leave it solely up to me, ain't nobody gonna get shit. Do we, <laughs> do we need to set them high? Do we need it? Do we need a win? Do we no, need a win? no. I don't think you need I, no, a win. No. Okay. But I think I think in my opinion, let's start there. Think, we don't need a win then. Okay, you then. don't need a win, but I think Sam Howe has to throw no interceptions. So no no turnovers or just no picks? No right. picks. Okay, so no picks. Uh <laughs> all right, how about this then? How about this then? No, all right, no picks, no picks. Um, so he has to have a clean, he has to have a clean game. Um, okay, so we're talking about a clean game in uh at least two touchdowns, right? That's two overall touchdowns. It could be rushing and passing, or I think that's fair. So two, at least two total touchdowns. I mean, I expect them to be passing. I expect them to be down and passing a lot. So I'm expecting a game of fifty plus passing attempts. All right. Well, we we ain't got to the number. We ain't got to the yardage yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just prefacing that before we bring up the yardage thing because I think I think the threshold of three hundred might be too low. You think a threshold? Uh, okay. Um, all right. So we're 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 okay with um, no win needed, uh, no interceptions thrown, at least two total touchdowns. Um, and now we're on to the yardage, considering the fact that he may throw. I mean, well, he's already averaging like forty three attempts a game. Like that's around the number hey, he's doing. How anyway, about so. this, AJ? Do do you want to add? QBR rating in this? Does it have to be a certain QBR rating? I don't even. That might be better. His, I don't even know what his QBR rating is for the season. I ain't well, look I think, at it. One I time. think like a ninety is usually a signal of a good QBR rating. So that means he had a good game. Now, that's probably better than yards because yards doesn't. Yards is not an indicator of a good game because, like you said, he could throw fifty times and have four hundred yards in a bad game. Yeah, so he's. Yeah, I mean, we can we can rock with that. What what do you? What's his average? QBR Ben. Let's look so the game log. He's a um he has a 48 QBR right now. Shit, Dre, you think that's really bad, but that <laughs> nine, nine, nine he has better games. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Quarterback rating in QBR is dip, like yeah, 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 no. So right, I ain't, what right. are we talking about? We talking about quarterback right, rating. We can do either one. We can do keep QBR or Q, quarterback rating. I know QBR is a little harder because there's more efficiency involved than QBR. Yeah, QB I ain't got time rating. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> so we might want to do the QB. Let's rating. say ninety-five, ninety-five minimum. Okay, ninety-five QB rating. If he does okay. that, that's a good game. That's has good has game he had? Is. Has he had a ninety-five or better this season? Oh, yeah, and what team? Yeah, a couple. What um, team? He's, he's had. Uh, I got you. Uh, 90, 98 against Philly, ninety-nine against Chicago, one hundred eight against Denver, one hundred nine against Seattle. 114 against Philly and 119 against Atlanta. Okay. 
Yeah, that's cool. You okay. Do that. okay. I still right, so think he's, gonna, he's still gonna throw a pick. So hey, either way, it just wipes it out. So minimum <laughs> ninety five. Um, no turnovers. I mean, excuse me, no interceptions. There I go again, Dre. No interceptions thrown. Um, uh, I would actually no win go, I, needed. I, 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 Ma, I would actually bump up the QB rating a hundred because I don't think ninety five is that insurmountable. I think a hundred is good. Okay. Yeah. All right, a hundred then. All right. Okay. So a hundred. Okay. Um. So because he's so had AJ, games if he surpassed a hundred. So yeah. so AJ, if he has four <laughs> touchdowns and one pick, that disqualifies him. Hell yeah, he threw the pick. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta just, we got. I think we, I think this is a, this is a little. You want, you want a sliding scale? No, I'm, I'm saying like, <laughs> if I think a four to one touchdown ratio is like a, a obvious, a good game. That's kind of where my head All is. Right. At. Like, okay, see so what I'm saying? Let, that, that's okay. why I was like, damn, like, I, let, how let's do, do the, adjust for that. Let's do the four. If he hits four, then the interception gets voided. Oh, okay. All right, cool. But okay, if, cool. all right, but if he throws two, then what? If he throws two, oh, if he throws two, if he throws two interceptions, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it don't I'm, matter. I'm, yeah, I say I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. So two, okay. two touchdowns, two touchdown minimum, no interception stone. But if he has one turnover, he has to have at least four, at least four total touchdowns. We there cool we go. All right, that's fair. All that's right. Fair. Okay, cool. Now yardage, he said three hundred. It shouldn't be like we. Should, all right, so let's just do three. Let's just do three twenty. That's not. That's not bad. It's not bad. Especially as much as he throws the ball, I mean that's that's yeah. Go go for it. All right, look at look at AJ. <laughs> it it could be 150 yards. Look he at, gonna throw he gonna throw more than one interception. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna do we're gonna do three we're gonna do 320 then. Um, all right, so here we go. Final final stat line for the Howell Jersey giveaway to be in official uh uh giveaway mode for Tribe or Die podcast. At least 320 yards. At least 100 quarterback rating, at least two touchdowns, no interceptions thrown. But if there is one interception thrown, he has to have at least four total touchdowns. Um, and then where are we at? What am I missing? Um, I'm missing one. Um, did that not cover? Was that it? I think that covers everything. I think it covers everything. That's a winning game. If he has that game, we not losing. We can't lose if he has that type of game. Hey, you never know with this damn defense, bro. And, but that's uh, worth. And, but look, that's worth it. Oh, no, that's what it was. No that's win. No win required. No win required. That's right, 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 right. And, right. and still, we'll also, that's worth a jersey giveaway. We'll, we'll also give you the um, fanatic fan program. So in case they get rid of Sam, <laughs> <laughs> you can go get your Caleb Williams jersey come April. <laughs> all right um okay let's 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 do a couple couple more dallas cowboys uh commanders related topics uh quick hitters um how much of a chance do we give them we can do a scale of one to five um i i, I think i should just do me and Drake because i kind of know what aj i already know what <laughs> we already right know what what them boys from wrestling used to say no chance. That's what you got. Cartoon <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that there's a a a ten percent chance that they they walk out of this with a dub. I mean, one out of five. So what's that? 20, 20 40. Am I mad? Right? 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. Yeah, twenty percent chance that they that they have a chance to 
to be to be uh, Dallas on the road. I think the thing that really that really intrigues me is that this this motherfucking Sam Howe is a whole different breed on the road. Like <laughs> you know, a whole different breed, bro. He is. Uh, I guess for me, I'm gonna go with 1.5, and I say that because okay, I mean, 1.5. on right. in a normal year, I'm like, hey, we always can give Dallas some wreck, we can give Dallas some smoke. But this Dallas team this year, like, I mean, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're going that far. But against teams they're supposed to beat outside of Arizona, they don't even stay in the game with them this year. Like Dallas is blowing all of these teams out that don't belong on the field with them. And Washington doesn't look like a team right now that belongs on the field with them. So I don't really think this game's going to be close. <laughs> I think we have a 1.5% chance or well, 1.5 out of 5 chance of winning. And I'm not counting it out because it is a rivalry game. Anything can happen but 1.5. Hey, uh, random question. Do y'all like uh, Korean barbecue? Love it. I don't know. I never, I don't think I ever had it. You got some great spots, Mo. For real, hey man, you gonna you gonna get to witness some Korean barbecue? Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that, Hey, bro. I thought he was about to give us a suggestion. I, I was about to get a new restaurant. I can tell. I feel like I was good at Dre, Dre got excited. Hey, man. Hey, you yeah, missing up, bro. Like, damn, bro. Yeah. Like, let's go. Hey, score predictions. <laughs> Wrap it up. Hey, Wrap it up, bro. Wrap hey, it up. They... Score predictions, bro. Hey, we gonna go to have Korean barbecue for all birthday when you get back from Vegas, man. Hey, man. My treat. Lord. <laughs> we lucky the FCC don't uh, regulate this. <laughs> Hey, man. I, I ain't say nothing wild. I just said Korean barbecue. You know what I mean? Like, I got uh, I got Dallas. When what did I say on the sh- on believe? I said thirty to twenty. Um, Dallas Dallas wins. Um, I I, I think that is going to be surprisingly close for the the fact that I mentioned. Like, I think that this this team and this offense under Sam just plays a little bit different on the road. Um, not to say that they really gonna have a chance at winning like towards the end of the game. I don't, I don't know if that's gonna be the case. I think it's gonna be a, a difficult team to stop, especially up front with Michael Parsons and the way that they can probably create some things with Dan Quinn and and even with that secondary. Honestly, like Deron Bland is, is surprising me. Like I, I knew he was solid and he's been making plays throughout the entire season, but like he's taking his playmaking skills to a whole nother level that I didn't see in him. So um, he's a little bit dangerous in that secondary. Uh, but I, I'll give I'll give the Commanders uh 20 points on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. 30 to 20, Washington, Washington loses. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I hate to say it, but um, this is a team that can expose Washington's carelessness in games. Um, you know, we we turned it over six times against the Giants, and we still had a chance, in a sense, at the end of the game to win. But you turn it over six times against the Cowboys, I don't Good think you're going to be within Lord. 20 points with them. So I can see a 38-17 Cowboys win on Thanksgiving, unfortunately. I'm still rooting for us. I want us to win, you know, because I want to be happy on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but 38-17 uh, is my prediction. Yeah, hopefully you find other ways to be happy on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm be uh, drunk, so I don't even, it don't even matter. But yeah, yeah, eggnog, I, baby. I think it would be, oh, be 38-13 to 13. <laughs> Dallas. Okay. All right. And um, MVP is... 
Michael Parsons. If if they let Tommy DeVito look how he looked Sunday, Dak Prescott may look like a top five quarterback on Thursday. Hey, uh, uh, Tommy got the best quarterback rating against every single every quarterback that watched in the face this this year. So, um, I don't know, man. That's a tough feat. You know what I'm saying that's a tough feat. <laughs> um, all right. So he said MVP Michael Parsons. I'm gonna actually go with Dak. Now that I think about it, like yeah, this this defense can, or maybe even Tony Pollard. But I'm a, no matter of fact. I'm sorry, CD. I'm gonna go with CD, man. I know how this secondary been playing. I'm gonna go with CD as the MVP. I'm with AJ on Parsons. Parsons will be the MVP as well. Boom, there it is, man. So look, hopefully things work out for for the Sam Howell jersey giveaway. I know Magic, um, he gave three seventy five two tutties. For, for Sam Howell on Thanksgiving. So I, I know that Magic is one of these guys who can definitely use uh, a Sam Howell jersey. Ben says 52-23 uh, Dallas wins um, on Thanksgiving. Um, okay. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Again, we're not here Thursday postgame. Well, we, we will be back on Friday. We'll figure out the time. I'll try to post it on like that little YouTube story thing, whatever that thing is. I, I never use it before, but I'll figure it out. Um, that's terrible. I'm on. I, I do YouTube now, so I got to figure this stuff out. Um, the fellas will be here as well Friday uh, as we break down the game. Um, and, yeah, we'll figure it out from there. Y'all take it easy. Enjoy y'all day. Enjoy y'all weekend. Uh, sorry. Enjoy y'all Thanksgiving. And we'll catch y'all Friday. Peace. Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We're going to pick it off. You're going to let him hit the hole or you're going to cut it off. You're going to play through fourth and long or you're going to punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us. Put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.